Hebrews chapter 12, please turn there with me. Hebrews chapter 12, in describing this Christian experience, using Jesus Christ as the example, he admonishes us, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 12, 1, he said, Let us lay aside every weight, sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. He said, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus. Who are you looking at tonight? Who are you looking at? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The Alpha and the Omega of my life. The beginning and the ending of all that there is. Who for the joy of our faith, get that, of our faith. Who for the joy, get that, who for the joy, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus looked beyond the night in the garden when he prayed. He even looked beyond that cross and he saw many sons and daughters coming into the kingdom of God. And he rejoiced in his soul and in his spirit in that hour of agony. He saw you, brother. He saw you there. He saw you coming to Christ. He saw you, sister. And he saw your daughter. And he said, I see them coming. I see them coming. And he endured the shame. He endured the degradation. He endured the, the awful things that they did to him because there was joy for all of those that were coming into the kingdom of God. And that's what I look to. That's what I look at and that's what I see. Yes, there are times of trial. There are times of, of anguish and there are times of stress. But I look beyond that and I see them streaming into the kingdom of God. And I rejoice in that. And I praise God for that. Because I know we're going to be victorious. I don't think. I don't hope. I know that we're going to be victorious. And Jesus knew that. You see, he settled it that night in the garden. That's what Gethsemane was all about. He fought the battle in Gethsemane, not on Calvary. As far as his personal life and decision was concerned, Gethsemane was the place where he won. Well, he knew he still had a long way to go to get through it. And you see, friend, we come to that place in our life where we have to make that decision. We have a Gethsemane. Have you had a Gethsemane experience where you had to fight the battle before you ever got to the battle where you had to decide, I'm either with him all the way or I'm backing out. I pray that God will give you a Gethsemane because it'll make you strong. I pray that God will lead you through the garden, not one time, but many times in your life. Because you see, as Christians and certainly as leaders in this world, we need to make decisions. And sometimes those decisions are not popular. And sometimes those decisions may be costly. But we'll have to make them because God says so because it'll be God's will. And as we make that decision in the Garden of Gethsemane, we'll come forth with a full assurance that we've won even before we fight. Hallelujah. Jesus knew before he ever got arrested, before he ever got to the trial, before he ever got to the crucifixion, he knew he had won. That's why as we study Wednesday night and you see him as they arrest him and try him illegally, by the way, as he comes before Pilate, as he comes before the executioner, he's got the absolute trust in God. He's calm. He's reassured. He's at peace in his soul. He's not worried. He's not cowering in the face of this. He marches forth as the only one in the midst of that crowd who knew what he was doing. He was in charge. Pilate wasn't in charge. Jews weren't in charge. Jesus was in charge proved it every step of the way. Jesus never promised us that we would be popular with the world. 
He never promised us that all the religious people would accept that. In fact, he told us the exact opposite. He said things like, take up your cross and follow me. What is a cross for? You're going to have to climb on it willingly. You're going to have to climb on it willingly and die to self and self-will. He can't force you to, and he really can't do a whole lot to help you. It's an amazing thing about salvation and getting saved. You never stand so alone in all of your life as in that hour. I'm sure that those of you who have been saved know what I'm talking about. You feel like you're more alone than you've ever been in your whole life when you're lost without Christ in a service where people are praying for you and where they're asking you to get saved. You feel like you're standing out in that crowd. You feel like all of the attention is focused just on you. And you feel like you're a spectacle and you feel like you're so alone in that hour. That's why we do all that we can to help you in that hour to come to God.